episode, we're going to be chatting about the new 2023 Cornellage sequence with the Cornellage Foundation president, Linda Bevilacqua. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Building Knowledge podcast. Today, I have with me the president of the Cornellage Foundation, Linda Bevilacqua. We are going to be giving a brief overview of our new updated 2023 Cornellage sequence. Um, although it is only 2022, the reason why it's the 2023 sequence is because it will not be available for purchase until end of January 2023, but it is available online for free download. Um, Linda, thanks for joining us. I really want to talk about the fact that we updated the sequence, but this is not unusual. The sequence has been updated several times um, since 1988 when the first sequence came out. Um, and we've had, you know, like I said, several updates. This was never meant to be a static document. So what made the foundation decide that now was the time to update the sequence? Well, honestly, um, we were long overdue for updating the sequence. And as you say, um, over the years, we have um, updated the sequence. You know, the immediate um, example that comes to mind was uh, with regards to how many planets there are. And, you know, the uh, sequence for goodness knows, probably, you know, 20 some years very clearly said there are nine planets. And then as new information and new knowledge was acquired, um, there was a need to revise that. Um, so we did. Um, so, you know, I think you go back to really what Don Hirsch's original intent was in setting forth a sequence. Um, the notion being that individuals within a society, within a democracy, need to be able to communicate with one another. And things do change. So it would only make sense to reflect those changes. There have been many changes in um, the United States since the 2010 sequence. And we wanted to reflect those changes in uh, the 2023 sequence. Um, we say in the introduction that we wanted to make more explicit the diversity um, that is included throughout the sequence because many times folks um, really didn't do a deep dive into the sequence at all grade levels and didn't realize um, the diversity that was included. So um, that was one of our explicit goals in uh, coming up with the sequence. And as I say, I mean, one of the questions I've been asked um, and I've seen come in in uh, emails are questions about, well, why did you take this particular novel out of, you know, a particular literature title out. Um, we were very sensitive to the fact that there's only so much time during 
the school day and so much time during the school year. And we did not want to simply add more, whether it's literature titles, art titles, et cetera, um, and just make it impossible for teachers to implement and uh, work with that kind of information. So we had to be selective in saying, well, let's take, you know, before we add another title to eighth grade, let's take um, Call of the Wild out of um, the sequence. So that was a large, um, as I said, a large part of um, how we were making those decisions. And it involved, um, as I know you know, Kristen, that we were, we had solicited um, comments. We had it up online for requesting feedback from folks. We did get feedback from folks and we took that into consideration. Now, one of uh, the comments I've seen that has come in um, from uh, different folks was something to the effect of, well, I did provide feedback, but I don't see my feedback reflected in the 2023 sequence. And um, it, again, we at the foundation, and that includes um, me consulting as well. You know, yes, I'm the president, but um, there is Don Hirsch, the founder of the sequence, who is still very active, um, me consulting with Don and with John Ballin, the board chairman, um, in terms of, okay, how do we want to address this? Again, we can't just put everything in that everybody wants. So I know it's, I, and I think pe- some people, in terms of the literature in particular, um, they've used that same book year after year after year. And you know, they have all their lesson plans for that. And so it's upsetting, especially if it's your favorite book, but that's, we're never telling you not to use that book. We're exactly. just saying it's, it's not included in the sequence. So if you feel very strongly that you want to continue using Call of the Wild, by all yeah. means, you can still do that. We would never say don't Absolutely. It's a classic piece of literature. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting too, Kristen, because we literally are just starting uh, work on the instructional materials for CKLA grade eight and, um, and talking with the team involved in creating those materials just the other day. Um, one of the comments that I made was, we want the approach to be both windows and mirrors. Um, It's not just one. We are not suggesting that, you know, oh, we want in every unit, in every book that every kid reads, that they should be able to find something that they can relate to and say, oh, I've had that experience. But um, we do want that to happen um, across the breadth of the year with the different titles. And we also want, and again, this is a very core knowledge concept. We want to expose them to um, 
experiences and knowledge that they have not been exposed to um, at this point in a natural way, either through their school curriculum or through their experiences at home and so forth. So it's doing both. And I think that when once people read it in its entirety, and that's, I we had a teacher say something uh, who actually came to visit the foundation a few years ago. Um, we were having a meeting with teachers and this particular teacher taught fourth grade. And she said, I needed the sequence because I needed to know where my students came from, meaning in third grade. And then also, where are they going to go? Where right. do I need to take them? So uh, to your point, what it's across the school year. And then it's also in multiple grade levels, this exposure of both the windows and the mirrors. Yes, exactly. Exactly. To maintain that uh, coherent, consistent, sequenced approach. Absolutely. Um, So you mentioned the literature, which I think people will notice right away that there's now some classic literature that's been changed, also added those that contemporary literature. Um, But also, I think we should point out that now the sequence aligns to our actual curricular materials, in particular with history and geography in middle school. Yes. Can you talk just really briefly about what we did that's different there? Yes, uh, and that's an important point. Um, Before starting the development of the instructional materials for middle school, we did quite a bit of research in terms of, um, well, what do schools across the United States actually teach in middle school when it comes to history? And we found that it was pretty consistent in the sense that um, during one of the years of middle school, if you're thinking in particular about seventh and eighth grade, um, and of course we had already developed um, middle school or grade six history, um, but what we found in seventh and eighth grade is in different states, one of those years was usually devoted to what I would call an overview or a survey of world history. And then in the other year, um, it was devoted to an overview or survey of American history. Now, of course, it would have been wonderful if all the states agreed, you know, okay, in seventh grade, we're all doing American history. In eighth grade, we're all doing um, world history. But they did not, which is one of the reasons that we have said um, we have two years worth of instructional materials. One provides an overview of American history. One provides an overview of world history. You decide in your state you know, according to your state standards, if your state standards say you're supposed to teach American history in eighth grade, then that's what you would do and use the world history in seventh grade. And um, there clearly is overlap um, because of, and particularly in recent history, um, between world history and American history. But That's the thinking with that. Now, one thing I will say is doing that um, made it difficult. We had to make a decision in terms of, well, how does this now work 
with literature, with the arts, because one of the things I think everyone, including myself, always really liked about core knowledge was, oh, if you looked at the literature in a particular grade level, guess what? It it made sense given the history that was covered. And the same thing with um, whether it was music or the visual arts. Um, And I recall at the time that we made that decision, um, thinking to myself, oh, gosh, what does this mean? Does this mean, you know, one year for literature, we're only going to do American literature and the, the other year we're only going to do English literature? You know, that doesn't make sense. So that is um, a piece that is different as a result of the history and being a survey of American history and a survey of world history that you can't say in a nice, neat little way, oh, this lines up with what they're doing in history. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, and also the way that the history is, you could potentially use pieces of both if if your state said you had to combine it. Yeah. Um, So it gets even more complicated, but we tried to make it as user-friendly as possible. But I think that people will notice that piece because there's a significant change to the sequence. Right, right. So finally, um, what do you hope that teachers will gain from having this new sequence? Oh, goodness. That's a great question. Um, I hope what they gain is an appreciation for um, not just the classics, the core classics. You know, we're still, I think now um, we're creating um, the core classics for grade eight, um, some of which we've had forever. The narrative of Frederick Douglass we've offered as um, a book for years and years and years and years. But we now are creating some new core classics, if you will. We uh, decided to include the importance of being earnest. Um, And that's in the process of being written and will become a print book as well as uh, free online. Um, The other title that immediately comes to mind, because I'm going to be honest enough to say I originally was not at all familiar with this title. And it was actually Don Hirsch and John Ballin, the board chairman, who recommended it and said, well, I really think we should include the squatter and the Don. And I'm like, uh, okay, you know, I'm a voracious reader, but I've never read that. What is that? And of course, uh, I um, educated myself and said, yeah, you're right. This, this makes perfect sense. And so we have a core classic being written as we speak um, for that title as well. So back to your question, uh, what do I hope teachers will take away is to understand it's not an either or. You don't have to say, I just think core knowledge stands for the traditional classics, the tried and true literature that has endured for centuries. We can recognize 
in contemporary literature that there are books that stand out. And if you might say that the foundation is making educated guesses or estimates that the contemporary books that we've included will indeed become contemporary classics. Um, And, uh, you know, I think of Brown Girl Dreaming as one of those examples. At the time that that was first written and when we were first reading it at the foundation, nobody um, was writing books in verse for anybody, whether it's for adults or for students to read. And I just remember being so struck by that book. The Yes, the content of the book is incredible and worthy of students discussing, but the manner, the beauty of the language used in that book is just absolutely incredible. And so I hope, like I said, that teachers will recognize that there can be new classics that are happening. And, you know, they're reflected by the different awards that there are for books and so forth. Um, I actually want to hear, this is a a segue. Um, My secret interest is that I hope someday, maybe when I finish CKLA grade eight, um, to start something like a almost like a book of the month club for teachers where we make recommendations for teachers on here are books. Here's a book you could read this month um, that we think you would find interesting. So um, I, I, I would love to take that on as um, a new initiative for the foundation. Well, you know, I'm also an avid reader, so I would be all in on that (laughs) one. Um, But thank you so much for joining us, talking a little bit about the sequence. I'm going to make sure that there is a link in the episode notes um, that links directly to the sequence for everyone to peruse. Um, And again, print copies will be available, hopefully, by the end of January 2023, if not in February of 2023. Excellent. And we look forward to, again, you know, we're um, now starting to do school visits again. And so I'm excited. I know you have been doing a couple school visits, Kristen, but I will be excited to get back out there into classrooms and talking to teachers and hearing them talk about how they're using the new sequence. Um, So, yep, absolutely. It's going to be really exciting. Thanks. Alrighty.